Welcome to the Infinity Initiative, a 10th anniversary Marvel Cinematic Universe movie rewatch podcast. Episode 7, Iron Man 3. Hello there. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Avengers Infinity War is just over the horizon. To prepare, we're watching all the MCU movies in order. My name is Stuart, and I'm joined by Mr. Ben Avery. Say hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. I had to say it that way just... Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just it's an automatic conditioned response. Yeah, it is, as well. It should be. Um, yeah. We're big MCU fans and are super excited to rewatch these movies. So let's dive into Shane Black's 2013 Iron Man three. Yes, the Christmas movie, the the one Christmas movie. Yes, it yeah. is, no, it, it, every franchise, if it's worth its salt, has a Christmas movie. And all my favorite franchises have Christmas movies. There's a James Bond Christmas movie. There's a Star Trek Christmas movie. Uh, there's a and there's an MCU Christmas movie. Uh-huh. The Star and there's Trek- a Star Wars holiday special, which is the best one. Let's be honest. It is the best Star Wars holiday special they ever did. That's yes. right. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if they actually did another one for real this time? Yeah. <laughs> It'd that be would, interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, let's 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 leave it at that. Uh, as far as the Star Trek Christmas movie, that's uh, they filmed that one. Like apparently, that was somebody's house in Pasadena, and that's that's it. They just filmed it inside their house. Perpetual well, Christmas all year round. Yes, very Dickensian. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. But uh, but we're here to talk about the MCU Christmas yes. movie and <laughs> rewatching it. I'll I'll, I'll just say this. Yeah. I. I knew this was a Christmas movie, and that's one of the things I appreciate about it. I had forgotten how much Christmas music there was in this thing. Yeah, right? There's a lot. Like A it's, lot. It's a full-on <laughs> Christmas. Like, there, it, You should watch this around December is what I oh, think I'm saying. Absolutely. Th- there is more Christmas mu- music in this movie than in a Christmas rom-com. Well, depending on which one, but yes. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's in, in A – Christmas rom-com, rom-com that you yeah you have to find the right one yes. yes but yeah there's a lot of Christmas music in this and it takes place around New Year's Eve and that's you know kind of an important thing and yeah it's it, it there's a lot of Christmas in this lots of Christmas and and it's it's now February yes yes so we're not watching this at Christmas time but this is uh, it is if you're that sort of person this could be a come you know a part of your your uh your Christmas viewing, your viewing tradition, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if you're ta- that type of person. Yes. I'm glad there wasn't snow on the ground for all those suits. Cause I don't think they would fare well in the snow. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so when you watch this, I don't remember when it came out. I think it was an late, a late summer release. So when you watch this in 2013, what do you remember? Uh, I remember liking it a lot. I remember watching it and enjoying it. I remember enjoying the vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the Christmas vibe is a fun vibe that's there, but then there's also the eighties action movie vibe. And I mean, it is straight up an eighties action movie vibe, uh, which makes sense. Shane black, you know, uh, he's, he's lethal weapon. He's boy. Who else? What else is he? Uh, He's involved in predator. Um, I mean, he's he's a staple from uh, 80s action movies. And I remember, you know, just from the opening where it starts out, it's New Year's Eve, 1999. 
And it's got that, I'm blue, you know, and it just sets a tone, uh, a similar tone, but not quite as cool of a tone as the first Iron Man movie. Um, but anyway, I, I just, yeah, I, I remember liking it. I remember liking the vibe. The end credits still get me. Yeah, those are still cool. Still gets me where it's just that 80s action TV show, really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, buddy cop TV show or a team, you know, you know, it just it just brings back that that kind of feeling of just, yeah, this is cool. And and I liked I, that it that the credits showed sequences from or clips from um, the other two films as well. It was yeah, it, yeah. It, it, this did this does feel like a bow on a solo Tony story, you know, mm hmm. As as played by Robert Downey Jr. Now there might be whatever, but right now this is like the end of his story as an alone guy. When he come when he leaves this movie, he goes into being a team member. Yeah, yeah, and so and he hasn't been in a movie that has had his name as the title character. Right. You know, it's he's gone into Avengers. He's gone into Civil War. Another Avengers is coming up. Uh, there's. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the character, right. but absolutely. Right. They, this is them saying we have finished a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, um, if you followed the arc from the first movie into the second movie into the third movie, this, he's sort of grown up at the end of this movie and now he's stopped being, a, a he's still a billionaire playboy, but I guess he's less of a playboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's going to have to deal with, repercussions of of his actions but he's trying after this movie he's trying to be more responsible Mm -hmm. and you know in this movie he's he gets the bunny rabbit for pepper for christmas right and it's it's a stupid gift it's it's totally stupid he Mm -hmm. he, and he he just doesn't get that it's it's kind of stupid and and then he i mean that he calls pepper is like "Ah, i'm sorry about the the bunny you know it's mm-hmm. really bad idea really and and he this is where he does he starts thinking of others and yeah it's just it's well the other it's thing him I, growing yeah. yeah the other thing is he's less dependent upon the suit right so when he tells you know peter parker and homecoming if the suit's all you need then you don't need to have the suit you know it, this is the movie where he sort of established that and and shane black does it really well Every time he puts the suit on, he gets knocked out. <laughs> he gets knocked out of it somehow, <laughs> or it gets banged up or beat up or something like that. And he's actually using it as like a security blanket, you know, when they're in the restaurant and he's saying, oh, I got to get in the suit. I got to get in the suit. I got to get in the suit. And then he gets into the suit and Jarvis is like, I think you're just having a panic attack. <laughs> well, and, and this is it gets into ideas with him you know, projecting into the suit, like, and, and they're even earlier on They're they're, you know, uh, happy is, is talking about, you know, we need to get rid of the, uh, human resources mm-hmm. and, and go fully automated, you mm-hmm. know, and then, and then what does Tony do? He goes fully automated. Uh, mm-hmm. he's downstairs, you know, working out or whatever. And he sends the suit up to, to go and, and he pretends that that's him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that you have this identity thing of him identifying with the suit, him, he's still controlling the suit. It's still for him. It's all about control. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for happy. You know, you can control human resources far easier if they are automated. <laughs> if there's robots. no human in there. You know? <laughs> exactly. If they're just and, the resources part of that. 
Well, but that's exactly what you get to, with the armor. Then is mm-hmm. it, he can control the armor even if there's no human in there. Well, and it, and he does it well at you know the the barrel of monkey scenes where he everybody's you know Air Force One has exploded and he has to catch all thirteen people or whatever, right? <laughs> um, that's a that's a great scene. That's a great yeah. great scene, and the it, it's really well shot. It's really well. It's really fun for sure, but it's also a great scene. It, it, and then to find out at the end it wasn't actually Tony in the Iron Man suit. It was the Iron Man suit doing it, you know, remotely VR yeah. via drone or something like that. So, um, and he still plays with the Iron Man. He still plays with the, you know who I am, you know, but I guess he's trying to figure out this. To me, this movie epitome, epitomizes what he actually is. He's actually Tony Stark, who's a superhero. Yeah, and and this is where he has to make the definition of, you know, am I Iron Man or is Iron Man me? Mm-hmm. And and there's there is a, a subtle difference there, and in the end, the armor needs to be the tool, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and not not the thing that he identifies completely with, you know, and you can that happens. I mean, it, when with with your car, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if someone if you're driving. And and someone uh you know just hits your fender, you know the it's it's like they hit you, mm-hmm. you know even if there's not much damage you know um and there's 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 psychological studies and all kinds of things that get into just the the identity of you in your car it's an extension of you and they even found out that people who have uh have uh, bumper stickers on their car are more likely to have road rage when they get into a fender bender. And they think a lot of it has to do with just those people identify the car as an extension of themselves more than people who, you know, just leave it as it is and, and aren't, aren't hmm. in the same kind of thing. And, and, and you see some of that here where it's Tony has to learn, you know, I am using the armor. I am not relying on the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good ex- examination of that. There, I think there's a lot more psychologically happening in this movie um, than maybe some of the other ones. I I agree. I I don't think this one gets as much credit for whatever reason. Uh, it, I don't think this gets as much credit as it should get. Well, I don't. I think that it doesn't have. I think the impression is that it doesn't have these huge, big superhero moments when in reality it actually does, but they're not, you know, aliens coming out of the sky. I think that's kind of where we, where, why it gets such a bad rap. Well, there's that. And then there's, um, there's Harley, uh, you know, I, people complain about the kid Yeah, and, and then there's the Mandarin and people complain about that. Those are the things, uh, you know, and I don't know when in context of Infinity Initiative you want to talk about the um, the Marvel one shot with with well, Mandarin, but it directly relates to this. So we can we can talk about it here for sure. It just I hate that thing. <laughs> it's it's good. It's well done. It's well made. But the meta reason behind why it exists causes me to hate it. Because it feels like they're just saying, oh, okay, so, well, we're going to do this to retcon because the fans didn't like what we did with the Mandarin. I think the Mandarin 
is genius. Right. I think it makes a statement about uh, about culture. I think it makes a statement about not pop culture, but about um, social media culture in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, building up this thing that you can then use. Uh, you know, and and he's it's a mask. You know, it's the same kind of thing with with Tony Stark and Iron Man. Is you've got there's the Iron Man that's the thing that you see, and then there's the guy inside it, and then you have the Mandarin, which is the thing you see, and the guy behind it. And I think there's some real depth, and I think that there's some real themes you can play with and, and pull on with that, but you know, they, they undermine it then completely with that one shot by saying, basically, yeah, you're, you're right, fans. We, we took a risk. We tried to mm-hmm. say something. We tried to say something. We tried to adjust Mandarin so he wasn't a racist stereotype. But you fans wanted the racist stereotype. Okay, we'll try and figure out another way so we can do it where it's not a racist stereotype, but it's closer to the racist stereotype. But you win, fans, and so we're going to do this one shot and fix it. I did like how they tied the Mandarin to the Ten Rings. Um, They didn't have to. The Ten Rings showed up in the first movie, the first Iron Man movie. But then it hasn't really been said, and this is the first place they sort of – flesh it out i guess um even they don't really flesh it out but so the ten rings (laughs) doesn't really need to be anywhere but they've tied it thematically to that first movie um i personally don't necessarily have uh, i think they copped out but i don't think it was um as devastating (laughs) as my co-host here uh, as, as far as the as far as the one shot, all hail the king goes. Um, but that being said, you know I like uh, I like um, Ben Kingsley's you know performance as Trevor. I thought that was great. I love Trevor. I, that's that's just it. I love his performance. I I shouldn't say I love him. He's not someone I want to hang out with or anything no. like that. But <laughs> although he would be fun to watch a soccer match with, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe not with. Maybe you're across the room watching him (laughs) watch the soccer match. Uh, You know, and I've seen actually I've known of people where it is more fun to watch them Mm -hmm. watch the thing than to watch the actual thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, maybe he would fit into that category. But I mean, the guy's a a total (laughs) dork. I mean, yes. So so. Uh, what do you think of this movie now? I think we sort of circled around this, but um, after rewatching this, what do you think this movie? How do you how do you feel about this movie? Do you still like it? Do you you know? I, yeah, look, I I liked it. You mm-hmm. know, I I liked it then, and I watched it now and f- had forgotten some of the things that I had seen then when I you know as we get further into the MCU, we get into more movies that I haven't seen multiple times. Right. And, and this is one that I have seen you know, maybe two, three, I don't know, maybe four times. If you include times when I just put something on to be in the background while I'm lettering a comic or something like that. But I wa- watching it now. There was a lot that I'd forgotten about and it was, it was still, it was more enjoyable than I thought it would be. And I mm-hmm. thought, I thought I was going to enjoy it, but I just, I, yeah, I ended up enjoying it more than I thought I would. What about you? I like the uh, yes, absolutely. I 
I've watched this I don't re- very recently because you said it was you know we talked about it being the Christmas movie. I'm like, okay, well, Christmas movie, let's put that on. Um, and then we did this. So I was like, well, I guess I don't really need to watch this again, but I did. Um, it, yeah, and I did like it. I it fits well. It's a nice sort of end to. Um, I I feel like it's a coda to the first you know, five or six mm-hmm. movies or whatever it was. It's a nice ending thing, you know, especially with the kid going, asking about, you know, the Avengers, are the Avengers going to show up? And it's like, no, nah, this isn't really their deal, you know? And, and because that's a question that fans have all the time. Officially, this is the beginning of phase two, but it feels more like an epilogue to phase one. Mm-hmm. Like it, which, which it also makes sense that way too. I, the MCU starts with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. in Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. And and then it just this this epilogue here just bringing it back to Tony Stark, you know, mm-hmm. and and letting him drive off into the sunset even though he's driving off into the sunset so he can go into the city and you know build his tower and, and have lots more <laughs> uh, automated drones. <laughs> right, right. And automated suits and 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 more fun with that. I mean, yeah. the next movie is Thor two, right? And that doesn't necessarily feel like a uh, a beginning to Phase two. So this makes sense that it's a beginning. Yeah, it does. But it also makes sense that it's a it's a coda piece. It's a it's a bow on you know the the Phase one. So what do you think about these this whole Phase thing we've just encountered? Uh, you know, it, it just, I understand what they're doing with it, but they aren't necessarily doing it well. I, uh, you know, just the, the phases, I should say. So, so let me ask you this. Is this, do, do the phases, you know, relate back to the comics in any way? I mean, do the, do the, do the comics have these sort of chunks of comics that you could say are phases? No, I mean, okay, so officially, right? Uh, officially, phase two is Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And those things don't link. Uh, I mean, you have the, okay, we're coming back to Iron Man, coming back to Thor, coming back to Captain America, which is what we did in phase one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Avengers. And then we just have this one-off with Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you have this one-off with Ant-Man, and it just – to me, phase one fits and works perfectly. Because it's you a start build with, up. Yeah. You build up to Avengers. Phase two, which we're starting right now with Iron Man 3 and we'll talk about in the next few weeks. But stage two feels like it should have ended with another buildup. Mm-hmm. You, you start with Iron Man 3 and you start building towards something. And that's another reason I think pe- maybe people have, have issues with Iron Man 3 is it doesn't build towards something. No, and what because if, it's, it's not a building movie. It's no. the end. I mean, it's it's a closing movie. Yeah. The, you, your the, first chapter is the ending of so, another story. Right. It, you know, the, 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 the Ewoks are, are banging on the Stormtroopers' heads in this movie. I mean, this is the end of the trilogy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it should have built towards something. And that's that's a problem that, you know, Daniel, um, mm-hmm. I mean, when he's he's talking about um, not liking Iron Man three because of, of what it does, he's talking about this kind of thing is, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't building toward Thanos. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it wasn't doing anything to it, it was building toward Age of Ultron. If you want to say Age of Ultron is continuing the Tony Stark 
technology and character arc. Right. Okay. And, sure. Yeah. And Ultron but, does that, but nothing else does that in those, you know, five movies. You know, uh, Iron Man 3 is completely separate than Thor, completely separate than Cap 2. Guardians of the Galaxy is off on some, literally some other planet. And then Avengers is kind of wrapping up all of that with a bow, but still not necessarily directly linking those things. So the phases, we don't need them anymore. Mm -mm. I think that they started phase one. They were talking about phase two and phase three. And then it just kind of the phase idea kind of peters out for me. And I think it also. I think it also got bigger than they intended. I think they were just trying to sort of be like, well, we're moving into something new. You know, maybe there's not this. And the fans were like, okay, we got phases. We're going to connect things and it's going to be awesome. And and I don't think that's necessarily the case. <laughs> and it doesn't need to be that way. I mean, they're just telling the stories they want to tell. And that's, that's absolutely okay. Phase three Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and then Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, it, and then I think, just, honestly, I think it ends with Infinite, whatever Infinity Avengers War, 4, yeah. Avengers <laughs> 4 is. So I think, you know, in Phase 3, we get two Avengers movies, where the other ones, we get only one. And then, you know, Phase 4 is going to be completely different, and, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably see. have the X-Men in it. Um, yeah, yeah, so face thing, man, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a thing that I guess brought to the MCU. I guess this is a good way to segue into the next question. You know, yeah, what, yeah. where, what do you think that this movie uh, brought to the MCU that that is notable? Well, uh, <laughs> to be quite honest, not not a lot, other than these kind of things we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It, it brought an end to the Tony Stark solo trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it brought, um, it, it brought the, the beginning of phase two, but that's, that's a philosophical thing, not a, not a story thing. You know, it's, it's just a thing that's there. And it, it also it, has, you know, you, you start to see the real world or not real world, but you start to see the repercussions of, uh, the battle of New York. You know, this mm-hmm. is actually a thing that happened. And it's not just a thing that happened in an isolated movie. It has actually started to to bleed out into other media. You know, this movie, you saw it, well, on the Netflix shows, they call it The Incident. But you, again, you see it in Spider-Man, you know, that, that sort of thing. And also expanded the universe, mm-hmm. you know, with, here's, here's the president. I can't remember if the president was in. The president was in S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, but that was after this. Yes, that was after this. Yeah, I don't I mean, think the, we've that, seen the president until now, but the fact that again he recurred that on that's our, bringing on yeah. Tuesday night. That's bringing something to the show and mm-hmm. and to the the universe and uh yeah, it, so in that sense it, it expanded the world. It brought us AIM. Uh we've yeah. had Hydra. We've had Hydra, but now we get AIM the which is the other big uh, evil super spy organization, and uh, but it MCU's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it and okay, and it brings us Ellen Brandt, who is 
the girl, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. No, I, I get mean, that. No, but she's <laughs> she's the scientist who works with uh with Aldrich Killian, right? No, no, she's she's the uh one of the agent people with extremists. Oh, okay. And she is in the comics. She is an aim uh, double agent or yeah, she's a double agent because she was working with a scientist named Ted Salas on a super soldier serum. Mm. And she betrayed, she betrayed him. And as a result uh, of that betrayal, he was injected with super soldier serum and, and fell into uh, a swamp. And yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the swamp and the, some of the mystical energies that happen to be in that part of the swamp and, and the, the scientific stuff in the, in his blood, it turned him into, uh, a creature known as the man thing. You and try explaining the man thing to a bunch of, <laughs> I, I, I just did. I, I, you did actually, you did very well. Yeah. He's <laughs> a swamp monster who rose from the swamp and now, uh, has been mentioned she, in the MCU. Yes. So this happens where you see Ellen Brandt and and she actually uh, the burns you know that she has in the comics come from came from the Man Thing touching her. But um, yes, later on in Agents of Shield, uh, Maria Hill will mention that there is something called the Man Thing mm-hmm. in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the only mention you're ever going to get of it. It's all I needed. Yeah. All I needed. They MCU'd him perfectly. Yep. By never showing him. <laughs> and forgetting about he completely exists at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I think of note, this was, mm, it's hard. To, I, hmm, I think this is the first Disney release. It's not, was it mm. made by Disney? But it was the first movie that was released by Disney. So Disney bought Marvel, whatever, and then they released they re- they started releasing their these movies. And I think this was the first one that did it. I know overseas, Avengers was released by Disney, but I'm referring specifically to soil, you know, to you know, U.S. box office. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I think now I could be wrong. So listener, if I'm wrong, please don't send me hate mail. But I, it, it's it's around this time that Disney started releasing these movies. Now you haven't gotten any hate mail yet, by the way. Good. So just good, good. Just throwing that your direction. Awesome. No, no hate mail has come to Infinity Initiative. Great. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, we get Iron Patriot in this movie. We do. And we get uh, Don Cheadle as Rhodey get knocked out of Iron Patriot a few times. That's always mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. And we get them we get them storming the compound mm-hmm. uh in straight up 80s buddy cop know, action film style. I mean loafers <laughs> and, and a, <laughs> I mean one of them's tubs for sure and the other one's Crockett. No, so. I it just the vibe still gets me and I I enjoy it and uh, and we also get pepper pots with powers. And then she gets them taken away. Yeah. But but she had them. But she had them once. Uh so do, so at the end of this movie is that Tony getting his heart worked on so that the uh shards of of metal or whatever are going away from they're removing them? Is that what I noticed? That's what it feels like. 
Okay, so so then, why does he have the thing in his chest? I I don't know. Because he does, right? In the later movies? I don't think he does. I don't think he has the arc reactor in his chest in the later movies. We'll have to see. Okay, well, we'll have to find out. So, so yes, that that is going to be a thing that I'm going to put next to, you know, watching for Infinity Stones. Does Tony have the arc reactor in his chest? (laughs) On my on my watch. Yeah, they 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 definitely remove the shrapnel. Yes. And so there's no reason for the arc reactor. Except for the arc reactor powers, you know, the suit. I I thought the arc reactor powered the suit, but maybe the arc reactors are now like they're in everything. And they're just yeah. powering those suits on their own. Yeah. But but this is where he's, you know, finding his identity and saying, okay, I don't need these things mm-hmm. to be Iron Man. And it's, you know what, we all go through this. Mm-hmm. We all go through this thing where we have to, you know, is, am I something more than my job? Mm-hmm. You know, am I just Ben Avery janitor? Or, You're not a janitor, Ben. Well, I'm not now, but I was, and, and yeah. you know, when I was, that that was part of my identity, and mm-hmm. but it's it's part of your identity, mm-hmm. and I do that job, but I'm me doing it. You know, it's not that I am identified by that job, and it's the same for everyone. You know, you you are a person doing the thing, you are not solely identified by the thing. You know, this movie definitely humanizes uh, the superhero. The superheroes in our in our in our franchise. It definitely yeah. humanizes them in a way that I don't think we got up until now. And you know, you can't humanize Thor because he's not a human. Uh you can't you can kinda humanize Cap because he's a man out of time, right? Um it it kinda works, it kinda doesn't. You the really the one avenue inside these people's brains and what they're thinking of is Tony Stark, especially in the beginning of these of the MCU. Yeah. I I feel like this humanizes him Mm -hmm. more, you know, because he's, it's not just that he's dealing with this stuff that he has to deal with the post-traumatic or whatever. Uh, It's recognizing that in him, you know, he is like anyone else. He has issues. He has things he has to deal with and he has friends who, fall asleep while they're talking (laughs) (laughs) yes well you know at least it didn't get mad that's true uh do you have anything else you'd like to add to this not really i mean i think we've talked about the things that i like and it's not a perfect movie don't get me wrong no it's not perfect but a lot of the things that gets dinged for are actually things that i like yes um except harley harley i he's okay but I liked I liked that he was able to connect with someone in that a kid with you know sort of this wild eyed um, imagination right and and the, sort of the inventor side of things mm-hmm. instead of just another buxom blonde you know I'm glad that he was able to connect with that side of his personality rather than you know the the playboy side. Yeah, yeah. No, he's clearly not the role model, fa- role model father figure. You know, I, I would, wa- I would not want anyone to look to Tony Stark as their role model. For, <laughs> no, for, no, you know, fa- no. father figure. But uh, a, along a with cool, that, 
he can be a cool, inspiring person. He could be a cool uncle. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a cool uncle. You know, a rich uncle, which is always better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Overall, pretty good. Overall, so, I agree. So, thank you for rewatching Iron Man 3 with us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to share your thoughts with us, head on over to the welcome to level7.com forward slash feedback, where you will find a great many ways to keep the conversation going. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Once again, thank you for listening. Next episode, Thor The Dark World. Dun, dun, dun.